Welcome to the Menopause and Sex Podcast, where we discuss women's sexuality as it relates to the experience of menopause. I am your host, Christy Ann. Let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by Wet Orchid. Wet Orchid is an online shop featuring products for women in menopause, including vaginal moisturizers, Kegel and other exercisers and devices, sexual aids, and other products to help women treat and resolve the negative sexual symptoms associated with menopause. Go to wetorchid.com to learn more about how the products on this site can help you or your partner's specific symptoms and needs. Welcome to today's episode three. Today we're going to discuss taboos surrounding the discussion of women's sexuality and its relation to menopause. So let's get into this. In Western society, there can be a certain level of taboo surrounding the discussion of sexuality in general when it comes to women, especially the idea that women could ever enjoy sex and that be okay. Um, But especially going beyond that, there is a taboo surrounding the discussion of menopause in itself and in its relation to sex. Although it varies among different cultures and individuals, for the most part, you know, it's a taboo in our society here, at least, you know, in the United States. I imagine it's probably like that in other countries, uh, maybe more so, maybe less so. I, I don't really know, but I do know here in the United States, that is definitely how it is. So historically, menopause has often been viewed as a private and sensitive topic, leading to limited public discussions about it. Um, You know, beyond just that, there's just not a lot of knowledge in it. I mean, you know, there's medical knowledge. Um, You know, doctors understand what's going on in our bodies. Well, I mean, to an extent, there's there's still a lot of mystery surrounding certain things like, you know, hot flashes and different and, you know, different things about the nuances of menopause. But for the most part, doctors do understand it. But outside of that, you know, we don't really understand what's going on. And it's because people don't really talk about it. In recent years, though, uh, there's a growing movement to break this taboo and promote more open conversation about menopause and its impact on sexual health. And the proof of that is, well, right here in this show. I mean, I put this show together to start bringing some, you know, some knowledge out there to both women as well as men, especially for men to um, understand a little bit more what's going on. Um, And this, of course, stems from my own experience of going through menopause and there not being much information out there and spending the past couple years learning everything and realizing that, you know, there's limited information out there and there needs to be something, some kind of resource that can openly discuss women's sexuality and its relation to menopause without there being a taboo or this fear of of discussing it. There needs to be a a safe place that we can talk about this this topic because it is important. Um, You know, women's sexuality, it's when you have a healthy sex life, it's going to relate into other things that are going to benefit you as well. It's going to make you healthier in multiple ways in your life, both mentally and physically. So enjoying sex even past menopause is important, and it's something that women need to um, to be open to talking about and not be afraid to talking about. And as well as that, we also need a place where men 
can talk about it as well so that they can demystify this whole experience that um, we're going through so they can understand a little bit more so that way they can be a little bit more empathetic to what we're going through. Um, and then that way, maybe they can figure out ways that they can contribute to helping their partners get through this change and finding ways to get her sexuality back by opening up communication and taking away that stigma and that fear of discussing the topic of menopause and how it affects women's sexuality. Many women who are going through menopause experience changes in their bodies. Um, you know, one of the first biggest changes a lot of women start experiencing is vaginal dryness. Um, the next thing is they will experience fluctuations in their libido. Some women, uh, especially right before, and this was my experience, right before going through menopause, when I was in perimenopause, my libido actually went through the roof. It was like my, my ovaries were saying, hurry up and have a baby because this is your last shot. And I got very, very aroused. But then after, you know, once my periods completely tapered off, it kind of changed for a while. Um, and I actually had a very big decrease. But after working through several things and figuring out what was going wrong, I was able to increase it. Um, but either way, a lot of women do experience more of a decrease in libido than they tend to have an increase after they've actually gone through full menopause. And just in case you aren't aware, menopause is 12 months after you've had your last period. And that can be hard to measure because sometimes, you know, you women, you can be spotty. I mean, I went almost a full year without having a period thinking, oh, I've gone through menopause. And then like, it was like nearly the 300th day, then I have a period. And it's like, okay, start the clock over. So finding out exactly when menopause hits, it, it takes a while. It, it, you just never know exactly. So fluctuating hormones are definitely a sign for sure. Um, another thing that you're going to experience, or many women do, um, is discomfort during sex. And that can have many different origins. It could be the dryness for sure. Um, it could be a loss of elasticity, which that loss of elasticity is often directly related to the dryness, but it may not be. It, that loss of elasticity could be not because of dryness. It could be just not using things down there, being out of shape, uh, your muscles down there being out of shape. Um, and it also could be psychological because if you have any kind of hangups, maybe you know, something, some kind of traumatic experiences you've gone through, or maybe you just have some emotional hangups that can actually result in you tensing up down there. And so when trying to do penetration, if you've got things in the back of your mind, your vagina can tense up and uh, cause more pain. And so the thing is with menopause, depending on all the factors going on in your life, it may not be just one thing that is causing your pain. So that's why it's important to look at all the different potential um, triggers that could be causing pain, whether it be physiological or emotional. So all of these changes um, can often lead to a decrease in sexual satisfaction for women. And it can impact intimate relationships. And, you know, I mean, it can, it also will lead to a dissatisfaction for their partners as well, as they may not perform the same. And, um, you know, it just 
sex changes because things are more uncomfortable sometimes. And, um, you know, without the proper knowledge, the proper products, um, the proper medical uh, support, everything, it can often get worse before it gets better. So that can definitely contribute. However, due to the uh, societal discomfort and lack of awareness, many women may not openly discuss the issues or seek help, and they may not feel comfortable talking to their partners either. Um, I know for myself, I didn't really know how to talk to my partner about everything because, first of all, I didn't really fully understand what was going on. I didn't know if it was in my head, if it was truly my body, what to do. Um, so, you know, it was wasn't until I really understood what was going on that I was actually able to communicate what was going on for me and what I was feeling and what I needed from my partner to help me get through everything, you know, to be able to feel comfortable to say, look, we need to slow down. We need to do things a little differently than we were doing before and not worry that it's going to put them up or, you know, find a way to communicate it to them so that way they don't feel like there's something they're doing wrong because it wasn't. It wasn't something they were doing. It was just my body changed and the way we were doing things wasn't working. So I had to find a way to communicate what I needed from them in performance, you know, right at that moment, as well as in preparation um, through communication and through touch and all that. Um, So, you know, definitely the more we can get comfortable about talking about things as a society, the easier it's going to be able to talk to each other as couples. So fortunately, there are um, various initiatives, support groups, and healthcare providers working to break the, the taboo surrounding menopause and sex. And this, again, this podcast is here to do the same thing. As well as that, um, I also have an ebook that I've written that is aim, aims to bring more knowledge and awareness to men and women. I actually have two different ebooks um, for. E- either group or either uh, sex, I guess you could say either gender, to read to give them more information on this. And I'm going to give you some more information later on that product. But the point is, is that there are multiple groups, multiple people trying to bring more awareness to menopause and sex in this modern age. So here we are. And, um, you know, it's only going to get better from here. The aim is to provide accurate information, especially for me. I really want to give you guys accurate information, support, and resources that help women as well as men navigate this phase of your life and um, maintain a very fulfilling sexual life, even after menopause. Don't believe all the hype and all the the tab or not the taboo, but the um, the myth that women just simply stop enjoying sex after menopause and that there's nothing you can do about it. It's it's just not true. It's not true at all. You can continue to enjoy sex afterwards um, when you're armed with the right information and you have the right tools and the right support. So media, literature, and online platforms are also increasingly advertising or addressing, I'm sorry, um, are increasingly addressing um, menopause and sexual health further contributing to the normalization of these discussions. So, like I said, it's only going to get better as we go. And uh, like I said, as I, as, I, as I talk more about it, hopefully that's going to, you know, make you feel more comfortable to talk about it as well. So, 
It's important to note, though, that the attitudes towards menopause and sex can differ among individuals and cultural groups. So, you know, your ma- your mileage may vary with your partner and with the group that you're in, you know. Um, it's not always going to be easy in all cases, you know. It all just kind of depends. And unfortunately, I can't speak to all the different types of groups and ind- individuals out there. Um, so, you know, in some cases... You may not be able to communicate as as much as you'd like to. In other cases, you may need to get some assistance and, you know, third-party therapist or something to help, you know, depending on your partner's um, response to communication in general (laughs) and especially to this topic. So, you know, while some may feel uncomfortable discussing these topics openly, others may be open to a dialogue and seek information and support. You know, some people are just generally... um, are just curious and are, are open to it. And, you know, some people are just, just don't want the information for various reasons, you know, um, maybe because in some cases, once they know, then now they know they're responsible to act on what they've been educated on. So, you know, take that for what it is. But overall, there is a growing recognition of the importance of addressing menopause and sexual health, helping to reduce the taboo surrounding these discussions in our Western society. So let's discuss what some of the societal and cultural factors that contribute to the taboo of menopause and women's enjoyment of sex. Um, So there's several factors. Um, The first one is ageism and sexism. So our society often values, you know, youth and beauty, particularly when it comes to women. Um, as women age and go through menopause, they face a lot of societal pressure to conform to traditional beauty standards and remain sexually desirable. And this pressure, it creates a stigma around menopause and women's sexual enjoyment. Um, you know, for some people, the idea that an older woman, sometimes the idea that a woman can enjoy sex to begin with is a problem, but then the idea of older women enjoying sex can put some people off simply because of the way society makes things seem like that we're just supposed to be grandmas now and only be concerned about, you know, knitting and, 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 you know, taking care of grandchildren and baking cookies. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. I mean, older women can be just as sexual, if not more so than younger women, especially since, you know, we know what we're doing. <laughs> we've, we've been there. We know what we like. Um, and we tend to not have all the same hangups because of we've tried a lot of things. So anyways, next thing is a lack of education and an awareness. Uh, many societies have a limited understanding of menopause and its impact on women's bodies and sexuality. And this lack of education and awareness can perpetuate myths and mis conceptions, leading to shame and silence surrounding menopause and women's sexual pleasure. So some women may just not feel comfortable talking talking about sexuality to begin with, but then to talk about all the problems that surround menopause, what you're experiencing, the dryness, all that, comparing yourself to what you used to be like can make a woman feel just less than a woman and ashamed of what she's going through. So that's a uh, can definitely be a contributing factor. 
Okay, so the next is objectification and the reduction of women. So women are often objectified and reduced to their physical appearance and sexual desirability. And as we age and experience menopause, we can be seen as less valuable or desirable, which will contribute to the taboo around menopause and women's enjoyment of sex. So women, first of all, we have to learn to not allow men to objectify us. But really what has to happen here is that men need to come in and they need to be the ones to take action and stop the objectification because they're the ones who are doing it. They're the ones who are, you know, um, who are in control of that. And so until our husbands and our boyfriends and even, you know, people, even the men in our lives who are, we are not in a romantic relationship with, um, until they can stand up and, 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 you know, collectively agree that older women can be just, as, you know, as desirable as younger women without, you know, making it seem like we're the dreaded MILF or any of that, you know, that we are just as normal as any other woman. It, you know, we need we need men to stand up and, and do this, to stand up for us, to stop the objectification. Anyways, let's get into the fourth one, which is cultural expectations and gender roles. So traditional gender roles often put an emphasis on women's roles as caregivers and nurturers rather than sexual beings. Like I just said, they, people think that once you hit 50, you're supposed to be a grandma and sit around and knit and, you know, make quilts and <laughs> bake cookies. And, you know, that's just not necessarily true. I mean, granted for myself, I don't have any kids, so I'm not living that life. Um, but, you know, regardless, I still live a life, I still live like I'm in my 20s. I'm still, you know, going out and doing a lot of active stuff. So for me, I just don't fall into those gender roles. And there's plenty of women who are grandmothers who are just like me, that they're still active, that they're still going out and living a life. And maybe they're doing that alongside of their grandchildren, or maybe they're going out and doing their own things. Maybe they're doing a little bit of both. So you know, there's this expectation that we're supposed to be all grandma-like, but it's just not the truth. And that's a big problem. That That is definitely a contributing factor to people not wanting to discuss it because maybe it almost grosses them out to think of older women being sexual. But, you know, it, it's, it is what it is. We are. We are sexual. And it just needs to be more brought out um, for people to get more comfortable about it. But unfortunately, due to cultural, you know, expectations, that may not always be the case. Um, you know, in America, we're, we have so many mixed cultures that it's just hard to speak to that, you know, um, depending on what your religion or your ethnic background is, certain religions and ethnic backgrounds, it's going to be much harder to discuss sexuality about women in general, much less to bring up menopause. Anyway, so next thing is the uh, medicalization of menopause. So menopause has historically been framed as a medical condition to be treated or managed rather than a natural phase of a woman's life. So that medicalization can contribute to a sense of shame or embarrassment around menopause and women's sexual experience due to during this time. Um, a lack of representation in dialogue, um, the absence of 
of open and honest uh, conversations about menopause and women's sexual pleasure in mainstream media, literature, public discourse, it can all contribute to the taboo. So when topics are rarely discussed, it becomes more challenging to um, challenge societal norms and address the stigma surrounding menopause. Okay, let's get on to our last one in this list, and that is cultural and religious beliefs, which we've kind of already touched on that, you know, cultural and religious beliefs, depending on what they are, can put a lot of negative, shameful uh, stigma on the discussion of sexuality in women in general, especially menopause. So if you're in a cultural group that doesn't even want to talk, doesn't even want to acknowledge that women should enjoy sex, you're gonna have a really hard time talking about menopause. So those beliefs can definitely influence um, the society you're in. And it can definitely in cases influence your direct relationship that you're in. So addressing these societal and cultural factors will require education, awareness and open dialogue to challenge stigmas and promote a more inclusive and uh, understanding view of menopause and women's sexual pleasure. So, so let's talk about what are the negative consequences of silence and the lack of communication due to the societal taboos surrounding the discussion of menopause and women's sexuality. So um, one of them is a lack of knowledge and understanding. You know, both men and women don't really understand menopause that much in, in this day and age. Um, you know, there definitely needs to be more knowledge brought out about that. But because of, you know, people being afraid to discuss it, people don't know much about it. You know, doctors know what they know, but everything they know is medical. They, they can't really tell you things outside of try this hormone treatment or try, you know, try this surgery. They can't give you other tips on how to enhance your sexual response outside of that. Perhaps, you know, maybe a sex therapist can help with some things. But, you know, then again, sex therapists only have so much information. There's just not any, there's just not historically been a lot of information available in any one resource that can help somebody, help help a woman or a man or couples or, you know, anybody learn more. Although a lot of that has changed and um, this Number one, this menopause uh, and sex podcast is here to help you learn more about it. But also, as I mentioned before, the ebooks that I have written, which are going to be also linked in the description of the podcast. Um, well, that's what I've done is I've written two ebooks, one aimed at men, one aimed at women, um, that gives you very in depth information about what menopause is and a lot of different products and exercises and devices and things that you can try to alleviate symptoms. Um, one of the things that happened for me is I spent about two years going to different doctors, trying all kinds of different products, vaginal moisturizers, lubricants, um, Kegel, Kegel exercisers, vaginal dilators, all these different things, and then different activities, exor certain exercisers, exercises, I'm sorry, um, with different exercisers like Kegel exercisers and such. I tried all these different things to try to alleviate my dryness, to alleviate my loss of elasticity, with, tried all these for all my different symptoms, and um, I figured out what worked and what didn't. And it took me about two years to figure out what worked and what didn't. But what I did was, after spending that two years and relaying to other people, especially men that I spoke to online on social media, 
relaying to them the things that I learned and getting a lot of positive feedback that it helped them in their relationships, I decided to write these eBooks to help out men and women. So um, I'm going to follow up at the end of the podcast with the links to that. But you know, all you have to do is um, if you go to menopauseandsex.co, um, the homepage for this podcast, you will see the links for these ebooks. So one of them is called The Gentleman's Guide to Postmenopausal Women's Pleasure. The other is an um, uh, ebook for women, which is Restoring Your Sexual Response After Menopause. Anyway, so let's go ahead and get into the second negative consequence, which is of of not uh, having these discussions about menopause is physical and mental health issues. So the silence and lack of communication surrounding menopause can contribute to physical and mental health issues. Um, Women not seeking medical help or appropriate treatment for symptoms with um, resulting in increased discomfort, reduced quality of life and potential serious health issues. So like I said, it's a downward spiral. You know, you start experiencing the dryness, So you're not having a sex as much because it's not feeling good. And then the less you're having sex, the more things are drying up, the more things are tensing up, the less you're having sex to where you just don't want it anymore. Both partners are not happy, you know, the husband or, you know, maybe your girlfriend, you know, because these can go either way for either type, you know, whether this is straight relationship or gay relationships. Um, You know, your partner's not happy because they're not having their intimate time with you anymore. You're not happy because you're not being intimate and you're not getting all the physiological and mental benefits from regular sexual activity. It just gets worse. So, um, you know, it, it, it can definitely, by not having regular sex, it can definitely contribute to physical problems as well as emotional and mental problems. So another thing that affects the uh, negative consequence about the silence of discussing menopause is stigma and shame. Societal taboos around menopause creates a culture of stigma and uh, shame of being a 50-year-old, 60-year-old, 70-year-old woman or an older of dealing with the, the problems of a dry vagina, you know? I mean, you've heard guys make jokes about you being all dried up down there. It, that doesn't help that people have that attitude because that's not necessarily the case. It doesn't need to be. And when people have that attitude, of course, it just makes you feel more ashamed about dealing with the symptoms you're dealing with. Um, relationship strain, that in itself... That's a big reason why we're even here discussing this to begin with is um, the fact that menopause puts a lot of strain on relationships. That's the whole reason why I even started this, these ebooks and this uh, podcast to begin with was because of the relationship strains that this causes. I mean, dealing with menopause by yourself as a single woman when you're not sexually active, I mean, of course you are dealing with the discomfort, but it's just not quite the same as when you're sharing things with a partner. So um, the lack of communication about menopause and women's sexuality, it strains relationships, particularly intimate relationships. Um, These changes, you know, they are associated Um, with sexual desire, arousal, and satisfaction. And without both partners feeling comfortable with having open communication and understanding, partners may misinterpret these changes, leading to frustration and resentment and a breakdown in intimacy. So 
essentially what that saying is your partner may think that you're rejecting them, that you don't want to have sex with them anymore, that you're just not interested in them anymore. When that may be the furthest thing from the truth that underneath it all, it's not that you don't want to be with your partner. It's just you're not enjoying sex anymore and that it's not their fault, that it's your body is responding. But what has to happen is you guys have to feel comfortable enough to talk about it. So that way you can even get on the same page to begin with. And that's one of the problems by not being comfortable with talking about menopause is causing problems for, for couples and relationship strain. So, um, so let's, let's get into some things. Let's talk about what men can do to combat the taboo surrounding the discussion of menopause and women's enjoyment of sexual activity. Cause you know, we know women, we can talk about what we're going through, but we really need men to tie off with us on these things and hear us. So let's, let's talk about a handful of things that men can do. So if you're a man listening, you know, turn up your ears, you know, definitely uh, turn up the stereo and, uh, Listen really closely. And if you're a woman, bookmark this spot and uh, share it with your partner so that way they can uh, listen themselves. So here's a few things that men can do. The first thing you can do, men, educate yourself. Learn what, you know, menopause is. Take the time to understand it. Listen to this podcast. Get the ebook that I offer, the guide to, uh, uh, the gentleman's guide to uh, postmenopausal women's pleasure. Um, Learn more about it. Take some time to, you know, maybe watch some videos on YouTube. Listen to some other podcasts. I'm not, this isn't the only podcast out there on women's menopause. Just learn. Because not only is that going to help you out in the long run, what that's going to do is it's going to show your partner that you truly care. That when you take time on your own, your own initiative to learn what she's going through, that in itself can just make her ears perk up and go, oh my gosh, he really truly cares about what I'm going through. And here's the thing with women, that's the kind of thing that turns us on is when we know that you are really concerned with us and it's not just about yourself, that you're proactively doing something and taking some pressure off of us, that's a turn on. That can definitely be. So the next thing a man can do is be open with communication. You know, don't be afraid to talk about things. Open and be honest with your partner about what you're experiencing. You know, don't be afraid to let her know. I've noticed that it appears you're going through menopause. It appears that your body's going through some changes and I'm feeling you pull away or I'm feeling that you don't touch me like you used to or I'm not sure how to touch you because I'm afraid I might hurt you down there. I need you to tell me what to do, you know. Don't be afraid to talk to her. Now, if you are afraid, it's not like you can just stop being afraid. You know, it's not like me just saying, don't be afraid and that's going to fix it for you. So if you are finding that you're afraid to talk to her, you need to figure out what it is that you need to do to not be afraid. Now, that could be getting your own therapy, your own solo therapy to figure out maybe you have some hangups on yourself inside of yourself that you're afraid to speak. Or it could be that maybe you guys need to go to couples therapy together. Maybe there's been some problems that have, you know, led up to you guys not having open communication that you need to work on. Maybe you just need some just to brush up on some skills on how to communicate. But either way, you definitely need to figure out how can you open up more yourself so you can talk to her about this and not be afraid to express your needs 
And also not be afraid to hear what she has to say without taking it personal or getting hurt so you guys can work together. You want to encourage her to be able to express her feelings, her needs, and her desires to you without feeling judged or criticized. Okay? So let's get in the next one. Guys, if you could normalize the discussion around menopause, it would help out you and her so much. And society as well. You know, don't be afraid to get with your guy friends and talk about it. Like, you probably have one or two other guy friends who are married to a woman who's going through menopause. Uh, you know, maybe you're sitting at the poker table or you're just out having a beer. If you guys can try to have a discussion about that and talk to each other about what, you know, you're going through, that can help. Now, I know not all guys are in um, friendships with guys where you can just talk about those kind of things. And I know as a woman, I don't fully understand everything that goes on with the dynamics between men. But if you happen to be privy enough to have a guy friend or a group of guy friends or even like a support group that you are able to feel comfortable enough to kind of slowly wade into this topic, give it a try and see if you guys can, as men talk about this topic and see where you can go and see if you can kind of normalize it and look into some of the information together. You know, see what you can compare, compare notes, see what, see if maybe some of your guy, your guy friends have some misconstrued ideas about menopause, or maybe they'll point out your misconstrued ideas. And maybe you guys together can educate each other, you know, and get a better uh, idea of what it really is about. So um, another way men can help is through support and empathy by offering emotional support and empathy to your partner during this phase. It's going to help a lot, you know, and even I mean, you're a man, of course, you don't exactly understand what's going on through a woman's body. But if you can at least just understand that, I mean, I'm sure you yourself have gone through physiological changes as you've gotten older. So you could at least understand that she is going through some kind of changes. Her body is reacting differently. Here's the thing. Menopause for women is almost like going through a, um, a um, it's almost like you're kind of going through a second puberty because, you know, when you first go through puberty, your hormones are going crazy and your body's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Well, for women, when we go through menopause, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, granted, the symptoms are different. But our body is going haywire again. And uh, so for you guys, just to understand, you remember how your body went through haywire when you first threw it through menopause, or I'm sorry, <laughs> when you first went through puberty, excuse me, when you guys first went through puberty, your, your junk was doing all kinds of wacky stuff and your mind was doing wacky stuff and, you know, your, your body was reacting crazy. And then, you know, over time it kind of, well, settled down for as much as it does for men. <laughs> you know, you got used to things. Well, for women, we went through our, you know, our time of uh, puberty. Things kind of, you know, normalized. But then once we get older, it goes out of whack again. So if you could at least understand that it just, you know, things went cr go crazy for us again. And we often don't even understand what's going on. And if you can at least kind of just understand that and say, look, I, I know I don't know exactly what she's going through, but she's obviously uncomfortable. She's obviously having a hard time. And I need to do what I can do to just support her in whatever way I can. That's going to make a huge difference. Just being, just being there for her and saying that 
just saying, look, I may not know, but I'm going to do what I have to do to help you feel more comfortable, to help you feel more physically comfortable, to help you, you know, like if I, if I know you're going through mood swings, what could I do to maybe like lessen your stress or, you know, create an environment where it's more relaxing, um, help you out. Like if, you know, if I notice you're suffering from changes in your body image, what can I do as a man to help you feel more comfortable with that and help you with whatever you might need to do to get back on track, you know, in a healthy fashion, you know, think, what can I do as a man to help her feel more sexy, to feel like it's okay to feel sexy and it's okay to want to feel more sexual even though she's at an age where society thinks that she should just settle down and be happy being a grandma. Um, the best thing you can do, men, is really just be patient, understanding, and be supportive, even if you can't fully understand what she's going through. So the uh, next thing men can do is seek professional help. Um, encourage your partner, first of all, to um, go to professionals, you know, um, Encourage her to go to her gynecologist. Encourage her to go to whatever kind of physiological doctors she may need. And it's beyond just gynecology. I mean, there's other things that contribute. Like, you know, she high blood pressure, diabetes, all of these different health issues can contribute to um, a loss of libido and um, a loss of sexual enjoyment. So she needs to be healthy all the way around, um, you know, beyond just the gynecologist. But, of course, once she is physiological physiologically healthy she also needs to be healthy enough for sex you know everything down there needs to be working right for her to be able to enjoy sex to begin with so all of those things need to be addressed before you know the whole ultimate goal of making sure that um, she can you know want sex every day can even be you know attained you first have to get a good solid basis and men she can get that by you supporting her, by helping her, helping her make appointments, helping take your, her to appointments, encourage her to um, do what it takes for her to get physically healthy. Um, the next thing men can do is challenge stereotypes. Speak up against stereotypes like I just spoke about before. You know, the idea of an older woman just being a grandma. Um, or, you know, I mean, there's also the stereotype of, older women being a MILF and only, you know, concerned with chasing after younger guys, you know, in, in this idea that she's so desperate to feel sec sexual again, that she would compromise herself to be like that, you know, either way, whatever stereotypes that you find that, that, uh, objectify women and that also just make it sound like she should not enjoy sex, that it's wrong for her to e either way, challenge those stereotypes challenge them not only within yourself but amongst your you know your group your your guy friends your the society you're in the cultural group you're in you know if you hear guys saying you know well she should just you know stay home with the kids or the grandkids tell them why why should she have to do that why can't she still be out there and enjoying her life and being a sexual being you know don't don't let um this idea that women should just give up, perpetuate and, um, you know, infuse itself in your in your group, because that is a lot of where the problem is, is that the stereotype that surrounds women's sexuality, especially when it comes to menopause. 
And of course, that leads into the very last thing, which is educating others, which is what you would do by, you know, challenging those stereotypes when you do that externally. Um, Take everything that you have learned and educate others, you know, both the guys that you hang out with, especially when they say things that, you know, aren't um, consistent with reality. Or when they just ask you questions, you know, maybe after you work out things with your wife, you guys work through some things. Um, she's able to find some sexual health again. You know, she's able to work through her problems with dry, you know, dryness and uh, loss of elasticity. You know, um, once you guys are able to become very sexual active again, you'd be able to pass on these tips to your guy friends, you know. So um, take everything you've ever learned so far pass that on and everything that you're learning, be open to communicating that as well. So encourage, um, encourage other men to engage in open discussion, not only with their wives, but among each other. Let's make it a societal norm that it's okay to talk about menopause. It's okay to talk about menopause and sex. And it's okay to talk about women enjoying sex after menopause. Uh, should be okay to talk about women enjoying sex at any time in life, but especially after menopause. You guys, the men, you are the ones who can really help drive making it a normalized thing. And like I said, in the long run, if you can do that, it's only going to benefit you in the long run, guys. It's going to help you out in the long run. So do yourself a favor and make it normal to talk about menopause and sex and make it very normal to talk about women after the age of menopause, wanting to enjoy sex. This concludes episode three. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to stop by wetorchid.com and check out all the great products there for women in menopause to help them with their sexual desire issues, including vaginal moisturizers, Kegel exercisers, and devices like I talked about in this podcast, and their sexual rejuvenation kit, including an ebook called Restoring Your Sexual Response After Menopause, which gives ladies lots of great information on how they can figure out what exactly their symptoms are, what's causing them, and the best things they can do to resolve these issues within the next couple of weeks rather than taking a couple of years of trying everything out there that may or may not work. This guidebook condenses it all and tells you what will work for what you're dealing with. Saves you a bunch of time. Anyways, until next time, I am your host. We'll catch you in the next episode. Bye-bye.